Aloha mai kako, everyone. Welcome to the Moana Nui podcast. Ekomo mai. It's the end of February. That means our Olelo Hawaii month is coming to an end, but we celebrate Olelo Hawaii all throughout the year. But during the month, we wanted to have some exploratory conversations around different themes and values that Hawaiians live by. And so today, February 29th, happy leap year. Our last concept is a combo that we wanted to talk through tonight. And the themes are Pono and Pilina. I think most people have probably heard Pono more than Pilina. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. This will definitely be a learning thing for me too. And just better understanding some of the things and hearing the perspectives of others in the community. Tonight, it's awesome because I'm joined by Dana. And (laughs) these days, it doesn't seem to be too often that we get to be on here together. But I'm really happy to have her. So I'll hand it over to Dana for real quick. Aloha, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, we'd like to thank you for definitely watching our episodes this month. And as we're covering the different terms within the Hawaiian language from, we had an episode talking about ohana and aloha and several other terms that allow you to understand the connectivity, how it's connected to the Hawaiian culture and more than just the surface that most people know of some of these terms like ohana because of things you've seen in media So we're very excited that we're going to have this episode with several people that we're going to have on this panel tonight to talk further on these terms. And if you've missed our past episodes, definitely go to our YouTube page. There you're going to find a playlist of all of our content that is tied to the Hawaiian culture, including all of our series for this month. And you can just go and watch those to hear our insights from our panelists and so much more. But I'm going to go ahead and hand it back over to the Ying to my Yang, the Renaissance woman of our time. She has been on a globe, a world tour, basically, with her newest project with Lilo and Stitch comic book series. If you haven't heard about that, pick it up. Issue one is out there. And of course, she will be at Awesome Con in DC next month. So you can get autographed copies of not from her, but also the writer and everybody else. So make sure you get your tickets for Awesome Con also. So I have to put that plug in. But I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to this amazing woman who we don't know how she does everything in her day, but she does it. I'm handing it right back over to the beautiful, the lovely. Moana. <laughs> Mahalo, <laughs> You're always doing so much. Uh, yeah, I, yes, we're just excited about this, this episode. But I want to recognize Papa Ola Lokahi, who has helped yeah. to provide a sponsorship. It's really been helping our show grow and helping us to build our community. And we're honored to also have one of our guests who I will introduce as our first guest. But she also a partner that we work together with in the Papa Ololokahi community. It's great to be able to combine our mana'o and just be able to add value to our listeners and to everyone who is discovering the show and as we continue to grow. So our first guest is Kanoe Lani Davis. She is the CEO of Pomahina Designs, the executive director of Ho'aka Mana, Amana Vahine, my tita sis from Kauai, now living on Molokai. Yeah, let's just say we get lots of vibes with Kanoi. I always look forward to having her on because she always adds to my life and helps me to be a better Kanaka. Oh my, welcome sis Kanoi. Hello, my kako. So... <laughs> I love coming on here. I'm, I now feel like I'm more of a regular than anything else. I don't know how <laughs> people feel about that. But thank you so much for letting me be here. Thank you so much for sharing this platform to your team and to your funders and Papa Ololokahi and all those who support you. Mahalo. 
Of course, mahalo noi. And by the way, I meant to say you look very ooey over there with your glasses. I think this is the first time I've seen you wear glasses. <laughs> I'm blind. So I can't. <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> Making glasses look good again since 19. I'm not <laughs> you said 19. That was enough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's how old we are. Oh, 19. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. And so our second guest is our brother, Brad Starks. He is a TV and film producer who has a super long resume that I'm not even going to try to iterate to you guys tonight. It's long. It's good. He does fashion, photography, film, so many things. But what I love the most about Brad is he is a connective tissue. Like you need to hook up with some people. This brother will hook some people up. And so he has, just, <laughs> and he's so humble about it too. Like he works behind the scenes. He highlights the people who need to be uplifted. The ones who are like the change makers who are humbly working, but making big impact in the community. And that's what I love about him the most. Ikomo my Brad, welcome back to the show. Hey, you guys. I feel so blessed, number one, to be invited back, number one. And then two, I don't know if you guys, Dana probably knows, Today is the last day of Black History Week. So this is incredible. Thank you for that. I got to do some shout outs. First of all, to Team Moku Moku. Thanks so much for talking about the show. My man, I got Kavika, obviously, who's been on this show several times. Fantastic. Jonathan, who's also our other partner in crime. Team Moku Moku as a whole. Hi, Alexander. My mom is watching. My sister's watching. So I can't mess up. <laughs> Make me look good. But, oh my God, is this a podcast or a modeling agency? I'm with, look at you, three ladies. Good Lord. To be included in this mix of intelligent women who know what they're doing and who are taking over the world, I feel great. And then, Moana, before we go any further, I got to tell you, your book is incredible. This book reminds me of when my dad used to take me fishing and... Mm how to fish and we would cook the food like right there and we would go home and he would have forgotten to have told my mom and there's lasagna sitting there what are you guys doing and like oh we ate already i'm sorry <laughs> but thank you so much for having me i'm looking forward to this conversation and let's go yes let's go kanoi do you mind opening up the space before we get started Sure. Okay. We'll start off with something that I do all the time. And I think it's very helpful, especially when we have these conversations that open up a lot of care and our knowledge, wisdom that we gain from our everyday lives, experiences, and the things that have come before us. So I actually would like to just start with Hemu Oya, which is just to clear our space so that we can make room for being open, being able to receive, and really just being able to be clean in the things that we think and we share so that, and when I say clean, I just want to say, I want to preface that means integrity, honesty, truthfully, and where we are at. With that being said, I'll just start. Hemu oya. Hemu, hemu na moi, ino, ino na moi, moi, ana, puno, no, na, haumia, hemu oya. Hemu, eli, eli. Noah, yae. Noah, kawonu. And I start off with that, sharing with that, with all of you, the breaths in this room, the aloha, the mana in this room, mahalo for letting me share that. And let us begin. <laughs> all right. Mahalo. Uh, <laughs> mahalo sis. It's, it's always a blessing to have. Okay. <laughs> Good to see you, sis. Let's start off this conversation with, there's a lot of definitions about what pono means and Pono, like we see it on t-shirts, live Pono in various places. Pono was something that my dad really lived by, but I wanted to open this up to everyone and ask what it means to you. Cause I know everybody has their own view of what this means to that. Anything else? Let's start with that one. What does Pono mean for you? And Kanoi, we can start with you. It's a loaded question, honestly. <laughs> You know, I love my loaded questions. I know. I don't know how to sum it up, to be honest with you. I will only speak. Let me just preface. I can only share with you what I know, what I've learned, and what I've experienced. 
I will not share with you the assumptions of reading somebody else's knowledge, pulling it up from Google, or perhaps even just assuming that I understand what Pono is if I had not lived it, if I have not tried it, if I have not failed in it. So I want to just preface like where that EK or that knowledge comes from. I guess for me, coming from a family of martial artists and healers, my grandfather had this, this academy called a Molokai Academy of Arts. And on the patches that we had to wear on our gi at the time and our shirts were, was a symbol. And it encompassed the five uh, Chinese elements because we we're Chinese Hawaiian people. So we, I learned both Chinese healing and martial arts as well as Hawaiian healing and martial arts. And with that together, he created a symbol that was always this reminder of value that of Pono. And so Pono was actually our, our pledge as martial artists and as healers. And he wanted us to have it at the forefront of our bodies to best understand the why. We understood Pono growing up in, in my mind, in basic terminology, it was balance, right? To hold pono is to restore the balance in like basic terminology, balance. Now, as a person who is in martial arts, balance to me meant my body needed to be in a certain, in a certain way in order for it to move and have power as a martial artist. As a person who utilized pono in healing, the physical parts of pono is understanding pressure, it's understanding intention and integrity, it's an understanding of looking at the whole body my body, spirit, everything before we go in to do any work. So that for us was this very tangible understanding of Pono. And then aside from that, it was that we lived in a world of Ku and Hina, which is balance in, in the Hawaiian terminology, and then a yin and yang in the Chinese terminology. And so because we had these elements to help guide us in our motion and our movement uh, on a physical level, it also, it was a way to manage it was a way to manage what Pono meant because Pono is also perspective. And what we understood was that my Pono is not going to be Pono. Your Pono is not going to be my Pono. Pono is perspective. I think when we had to define it in a, ver in a Western way, in Western terminology, so that outsiders could better understand who we were and better feel like they could relate to us, we had to figure out a way that they would understand it. But as a Kanaka who practiced Pono, who had no choice, literally, to but to practice Pono because we understood our mana was, it cannot be defined. It was in essence. It was your mana. It was in the way you move every day. It was in your choice. It was accountability and it was kuleana. That was Pono. And there was a difference. I, I know you brought up Pilina, but if I was to bring up two things that we could talk about, it would be Pono and Polole because those two things are also different, right? Pono and Polole. Polole in the English terminology is correct or right. We've heard the definition in Pono as being righteous. Very, again, to me, in my mind, and I don't speak for others, but it's very Western because it, it puts us in this one little box that we have to stay in. And it's either yes, it's either or. One of the things I've learned through my practices, through the teachings and through all this stuff from childhood and generationally is Pono is depends. So today, what I do in my choices today, based off of a certain situation, may be very different tomorrow and the same, what seems like the same exact situation, but actually is very different. But when you know yourself very well, you know the situation very well, you understand the whole, then you understand how to move in those directions. You understand how to operate and you become the counterbalance to the balance in which is the effect and the mana of Pono. Okay, that was a lot. That's it for me. Thank you. Okay, bye. No. <laughs> Back to you, Bob. <laughs> no, that, it, that was a lot, but it was well said. I, I love how you incorporated like the different, I guess in, in Western terminology, you would say the difference that you wear, right? And how we, it tends to make us think about that either or, like you cannot be this and this at the same time. And I'm glad you brought that up because I actually had a talk earlier. I did a small speaking thing. And that was essentially how I introduced myself was like, I know people want to, I'm here to talk about myself as an author, but blah, this is all the other things that I am too. And I cannot introduce myself to you without acknowledging everything that makes me. 
today I'm going to talk to you with my author hat, but I'm also going to talk to you about this because for me, that is Pono, right? I cannot be Moana without all of these other things and all of these other people who have made it possible for me to be here. So I, I love that you talked about that. Puolani, let's go to you next. You ready? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Kalamai. No worries. I was trying to get out of school and I had about five people catching me on the way out. And I was like, okay, we're just going to roll. So as you were saying that, Kanoilani, I was thinking of the um, Hawaiian phrase, Hanapono, and the echo of that, which is Ponohana, right? So Hanapono means you did good, right? The echo of that is ponohana. So you, when you put pono in front, it changes the meaning. So it changes it to you never do so good. You in kind of hana ino somebody if you're in ponohana. Same the way like you, you ku pono, right? You stand ku pono or you pono ku. I used to love doing that activity with my keiki. All right, everybody ku pono and they all stand nice and then. Ponoku and they all stand funny kind like that in the line. And our kupuna were brilliant. Yeah. And they, what you were saying to Kanoilani, like, and you, Moana, that the two things are mixing in my head. Again, the pretty Hawaiian, right? So I work in a system where I have to be siloed because, oh, you're just Ike Hawaii now. But I'm trained to teach reading, I'm trained to teach math. I'm trained to teach science from a public Kavalu lens. I'm trained to teach Hoikaikakino, right? PE, because I'm an elementary teacher. I teach everything, right? But now that I'm in Ike Hawaii, I feel sometimes like they think I'm like the one trick pony, right? Oh, that's all you can do. And I'm like, no, Aole, like you're saying, Moana, I'm all these things. And I just don't come into a space being just this one person. And balancing all of that, because sometimes I got to be a little bit more pili helu. I got to, when I'm working with my students, oh, they're not understanding this math, this number thing that we're talking about. I do a quick little lesson or even out in the community, but balancing all of that. I think one of the hardest things that I always get frustrated with is being, being, being the pretty Hawaiian when you need to be the pretty Hawaiian, right? And I I try to explain to people that I'm not just Hawaiian when I show up, right? At at this event or that event, it's in everything I do. Sometimes I'm ponoku because I'm just not in a good space, right? Like I'm, and most times I try to hold myself very kupono in front of everybody, but sometimes I'm ponoku. Or sometimes my ku side wants to come out a little bit more than my hina side. And it is this, I do think also, though, that we have put definitions to words. I just had this, sorry, off topic, a little bit, not totally off topic. I just had this fabulous conversation with my kids about the kumulipo and the word vale. And we had just talked a little bit about that and in the dictionary, vale vale from the kumulipo is defined as sin. And I realized, oh, that's a little bit imposed translation possibility. And I just speaking from my perspective too, maybe it wasn't. But then when we looked up vale and they found that word slime, well, my kiki were all in. They're like, you mean we came from slime kumu? Yes. Yes, we did. And they were just like, they were bought in at that point. But having that conversation with them really, really was like, just blew their mind up because they've been siloed as well. Yeah, they've been siloed. And so they're just like, what? Yeah. So anyways, okay, I found out. But that was like one of my like fabulous conversations. And it was just that one word, vale, and the slime. And that was it. I I, I hooked them. I hooked them. You hooked me because now I got to go look in a dictionary. <laughs> I was like, let's explore this word more. Man, brother Brad, what are your thoughts on what does Pono mean to you? First of all, Hope, thanks for being here. I you, you missed like the backstage conversation, but it basically came out. I have internet stalked both you 
<laughs> Both the ladies who are on our, our podcast right now, you guys are absolutely incredible. Hope the work that you do with special needs kids is absolutely amazing. I've found every single item and read it front to back. Thank you so much for everything you do. You are fantastic. Really? You were talking about martial arts. I don't know, and I would love to know if you are familiar with a master, female master from 2012 named Rika Usami. You talk about balance. You talk about grace under pressure and all of these things having to do with Pono and all these other kind of things. I would love to have you watch that. She embodies that. Absolutely incredible. I think you'll find a lot of value in that. And one of the things my father taught me in trying to learn about yourself is to learn it through sports, team sports, which encourages teamwork, working together as a team, but also martial arts, track and field, these solitary sort of athletic endeavors that really teach you to focus and to look inward and to be strong that way. And through some of the things I think that we're talking about today, I listening to what everybody has to say and my grandfather, my grandmother used to tell me something that I heard someone say to me two or three years after I've been here on Maui. I've been here for about 11 years. I moved here from New York. I worked in the fashion industry for a very long time, more than 25 years in Europe, in New York, in a lot, all over the world. I can say that. Don't take Pono or Aloha for weakness. Okay. Yeah, you can be open, you want to be nurturing. I think one of the important messages that I heard from both of you is that we're more than a sum of our parts. And when you want to impart important learning, especially to kids, you want to embody everything you are to really enrich that message. I'm sure there are tons of people who have talked about sharing Pono and sharing Aloha for years before us, but it's not the message, it's the messenger. Hope you have a certain way of doing that in which everybody takes that in, but that's based on what your experience is and what you bring to it. Everybody has that, and I think it's so important, and it's definitely needed in today's world because social media is really hard, especially like on young females. Like I see it. It's hard on people in general. It's definitely something that doesn't skew to our better values. But Keelani Davis, I and you already know this, I've liked every single video of every message you put out there and you're doing great work. I hope to see more of that. Pono for me, I try to embody it from what I know and I try to extend the aloha that I want back to me. I try to practice it every day. Like I say, sometimes people may catch me sideways and they get a whole different experience. I would also think in being an engaged personality and a living human being in the world, you have to take care of yourself. And I think as creatives, sometimes we don't do that. But if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. You can't share aloha with anybody else. So that's what I take from it. I love that because I think that calls back a little bit to our one of our previous episodes where we were exploring Malama Aina and how we mentioned that like Malama Aina is not just taking care of our land. It's also taking care of ourselves and making sure that we, you know, we have, we're in balance and, and we're able to bring ourselves to the space in a good way. And if not, then we need to go Malama Aina, right? That's, I think that's also part of being Pono too. So Kanoi, I know you wanted to explore the term kahupono. How do you want to approach that? Yeah, no, I thought this was a great opportunity. I was going to do a talk on this even on our platform because a kahupono, it's interesting. So kahupono was given to me as a last breath from my grandfather, who was also a kahupono, and it was, and his father was a kahupono. So it's a, in my the way I had learned it, it's a familial thing, right? It's a generational thing. I haven't heard it outside of our family. Does that make us wrong or right? No. But what's interesting is because I haven't heard it outside, doesn't mean it doesn't exist outside of here. But it is my koleana now that I have. It took After my grandfather's passing, it took me about up until recently to finally embrace being a kahupono. Even when I became a kumu, it, it took me a while. 
years before I was like, okay, fine, I will accept the Kuleana of a interestingly enough that's the things we live for right we do all these practices to elevate into this level of quote-unquote koleana but when we get there we're almost like whoa for us as kanaka Maoli, the title is not just a title it is an absolute uh, koleana and it is an absolute responsibility you are very much accountable for everything that you do touch speak act today when you're alive and when you're dead and everything you've left behind and so you know, I wanted to bring up this kahupono because people are starting to ask questions like, well, what is a kahupono? And it's like, all right, cool. Now we have these conversations. But then I'm also seeing people pick up these words. Now everybody's a kahu. Now everybody's a kahupono. I'm like, okay, now we're appropriating kanaka. We're appropriating kanaka. Stop. Because unless you're ready to battle in that world, I wouldn't pick it up. And that's for people who've practiced this a whole lifetime. And the kahu pono, so kahu, if we had to break it up in literal Western terminology, I'm going to keep doing this because that's what it is so that everybody can understand it. That's not Hawaiian or is Hawaiian, but it's learning Hawaiian is kahu was the person, I think it's, I think it's defined as like caretaker or somebody who takes care of something. I don't know. I haven't really looked it up in, and then pono, right? Whatever we balance, harmony, all the other things, not forgive me, not I love you, that song. But kahu is deeper than that. Kahu is a requirement. A lot of the things, if you listen to Hawaiian language, it is more verbiage than it is descriptive. They all hold a koleana. And so we think about the word kahu. A kahu is not a person like a kumu or a loea. A kumu is a teacher. A loea is a master, right? We're going into this, we're going into a different realm with the kahu. They're responsible for everything that is in the waking life as well as in the, the life that is not they're absolutely they are responsible in whatever it is they're supposed to be taken care of in this instance because pono was a part of our growing up of martial arts and healing that only what's my grandfather taught me right i cannot be a kahu pono in somebody else's teaching and even if i learned that teaching for five years ten years that's not enough time i have learned this for over 44 years of my life so when you've reached that level and i don't care how old you are if you've given that sacrifice and that suffering, because <laughs> we're going to keep talking about that suffering, which got us to this point, then we can have those types of conversations. But because it's a new learning concept, even some of those older folks who didn't know what it's about, they question it. I have had Olohe question my law practices, my forms of practice, my forms of weaponry. And then it, it, it shut it down because I, as a young person, I thought, oh, was that not real? Because it wasn't validated by the community, then I acknowledge, you're not my community. You're not, because you weren't around when all these things are happening. And then to erase genealogical and familial ties of our practice is not, not Pono. And the Pono is the Kuleana. I was sharing with you earlier, it is the Kuleana. So the Kahu Pono is responsible for everything I put out. So if, if I'm going to be given the title, then I am accountable. Even if you're not in my presence, if I've given you something, I have to be accountable for that. So like, even in this conversation, if this gets misconstrued later in the future and it comes back and I have to go, okay, wait, that's not what I said. Or you ask me a question, I have to answer it because it's already there. It's put out there. Other than that's why things stay huna. They, they stay hidden. And a lot of the hidden also is based off of fear, right? And based off of judgment. And that's the irony in all of our living being is like the irony we live in. I always say life equals irony, period. Um, it's one big ironic space. So yeah, kahupono was a way to just bring out, if you're going to use it because you th think it's cool, let me just explain to you. It comes with kuleana. So expect all the great things that come with the title and then expect all the junk things that come with it too. And that, my friend, is Pono. That's it. <laughs> I obviously had to get that out there. <laughs> no, I love that. Especially that titles come with Kuleana. Because not even in only Kanaka spaces. Hello, Westerners. You need to know this too. Because there's a lot of people out here who likes to tout, oh, I'm this and boast about this. I'm like, okay, but do you understand what that means though? We're not talking about just clout. We're talking about actually hard work, delivering, making sacrifices. All the times that your ohana has to go to the side 
because in order to really carry this title, it means that you get one big kuleana. Like, so I, you know, it, it, I'm glad that you brought that up though, because that's something that I cannot, I have a hard time reconciling in the spaces that I move in because they don't understand that the Kanaka and the indigenous perspective, because I don't think it's even unique to us too. I think a lot of indigenous people share this value because we all understand that it's interconnected and there is responsibility and kuleana in the things that we do and what we put out there. Mahalo for that. I know. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's earned, right? It's earned. Yes. It, it wasn't a title I paid for. And I don't think anybody would want to pay for something like that if they understood what that meant. There's no on and off button. It doesn't turn off because I pull work today. Right. It's on when I'm even using the bathroom. <laughs> It's on all the time. Yeah. So it's this earned space. And I think that's what, that's that holistic understanding of what Pono is. Again, Pono is Kuleana. It is a verb. It is an action and it is a mana. It is not, it's hard. It, it cannot be defined because it also is perspective, right? It's again, irony and contradictions. That's what we live by. <laughs> Sorry, that was it. Pualani or Brad, do you want to add on to what Kanoi said? I, so as you're talking about Koleana, about now all, all the Hawaiian words I know, right? I don't learn everything about them at the time I'm learning the word. Bits and pieces come later. Yeah. I've known Koleana since I was a child. And what did it mean? Responsibility. And I say it like that too, because it is a Koleana. But then when you really look at the word koleana, which I did, and it was a happenstance, and it always happens that way to me. I'm looking and boom, this word pops out at me. So if you break apart, and please, please, nobody take this and turn it into the whole aloha scandal. Please do not take it into that because I don't want to be involved in that. However, I am just acknowledging the brilliance of my kubuna in this. You see how we got we to gotta make sure that nobody takes what we say and take it out of context. And then, oh my goodness, it turns into this whole thing. Big scandal. Yeah, no, I don't want to be that person. I am not that person. I found, so I'm looking through the dictionary and I found the word kole. Kole actually means the opposite of movement. It means to not do anything. But when you add ana onto it, it activates it. So you see our kupuna, they were brilliant. So just like hana pono and pono hana, koleana, without the ana, without the, act, the activating word at the end that turns something into an action, yeah, it means you're doing nothing. And when I had found that, I was like, bruh, brilliant. I love our kupuna. Sometimes you can go down rabbit holes. I don't suggest you do that. And again, nobody take that and be like, she's wrong. Okay, fine. If you like have an intelligent conversation about it, I'm down. I'm down. But I don't, we got to be able to have these like conversations about our olelo so that we all understand it deeper. Yes, it's okay to be a researcher or whatever is and know more than everybody else. But with that koleana comes your koleana to educate the rest of us in a way, so we understand it and so we use it better, right? But with that idea, my first experience down in YPO Valley with Uncle Kia Franda, this man has always stayed in the back of my head every single time. I will not forget the first sentence he said to us, what is your function? What is your function? And I just was like, I was like 16. We came down here for working the law, eh, uncle. And he was like, but for real, what is your function? And I never really quite understood what he was saying as a teenager. As I became more of an adult and seeing the different roles that needed to be filled, I just could hear him in the back of my head. What is your function? And so in any crowd that I'm rolling in, that I'm running in, what is my function in this crowd? right? What is my koleana in this crowd? And if I'm seeing I don't have a koleana or I don't have a function, maybe I need to step back from that, right? Maybe that's not the space that I need to be in. But I do want to acknowledge that so many times, again, 
we spend a lot of time being like, oh, that person's right or that person's not or needing to validate things. That is also, I think, a Western construct because our kupuna were very clear. They were very clear with that. And so that means that ike looks different in every halau, right? It may sound different. It may look different. Does it mean it's wrong? No, it's different. But same like our houses, right? Just like our regular houses. The way I run things is probably not the way other people run things in their house, right? And same for bodies of knowledge. I I do want to say, though, there is a very distinct line between greeting things and doing things with a with being pono in doing it and then not. And usually it comes out. And you can see it. And it usually comes out in the, in the vibe of the people that it's affecting. Because if they're not feeling like they have a koleana in the circles that they're running in, then that means some, the pono is not happening. There's something not, there's a little bit not, there's a little bit pono hana. It's not hana pono. But yes, pono is not just like, balance, unity. I feel like sometimes in the English world, we have this need to just put this exact English word to it to make it valid. But it really is all the things, right? It is all the things. And usually the undercurrent of the crowd or the area that you're at, the pono of that area is going to be felt in that undercurrent. And really also the people, because if they know their koleana, things run, right? If people don't, then not so much. But I'm going to hand it over to Brad because I'm talking too much. With every single second that goes by within this incredible conversation, I learn a lot more. Thank you so much. Everybody is so insightful. Some of the things that I basically took from what I've heard is being accountable for your actions and for your words. Always, you have a responsibility. Hard work comes with responsibility. I think I also, I got a note here, irony and con tradition. That is the human experience. That's life. Your uncle can tell you one thing that happens and then you go out and you experience it completely different. You come back home and you tell them, that can also happen too. But in being responsible members of any community, we have to understand that there are temporal differences that happen in the world. And the test is or The idea, I think maybe what life's lesson boils down to is life is a fantastic, amazing opera. There are these incredible highs and there are these terrible lows and life hurt, but there's nothing else like it. And you only get one life to live. How do you live that as a responsible person? Not only to your neighbor and to your family or to your husband or to your wife or your lifetime partner. But people you encounter every single day in your life. Moana probably knows me out of the best of everybody here. But I go out of my my way to engage with anybody throughout my day. And it probably goes back to something my mother told me when I, my first day of school, when I went to school. She dressed me all up. She had me all like together. I had my books. I was all ready to go. And I'll never forget that she said, Brad, I want you to go to school. And I want you to make five people smile. And I was just like, what is she talking about? I don't know anybody, but I don't, and I can't even tell you if I did it, but I can tell you the way I conduct myself here more than anywhere. And again, I've lived in Paris. I've lived in Italy. I've come from Chicago and all these other kind of things. If I've learned that if I lead with my empathy, I don't have to speak your language, but I can listen to you and I can hear your words and I can take in your meaning. Hope you actually said something that I wrote down. There are these words that encompass these thoughts and these ways in which you should treat everybody. But you can just have that word. But if you don't put feeling and an understanding of what that is inside you, that's personal to you, it's hard to really understand that. And I'll let you guys in on another thing. Obviously, I went to public school in the mainland. And years later, 10, 15, 20 years later, once you get older, you start to understand 
What I learned history-wise was written by mainland white colonizers. All I know about history has been whitewashed. Make them look good. I can tell you, I, I remember the one week I learned about Hawaiian culture. One week. And the icing on the cake was listen to 15 Don Ho records. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And, you know... How one of the things I love about the community that I live in and my friends that I work with on it's a diverse melting of different beliefs and people who come from different places. But we all live under this understanding of aloha. How are you doing? The word aloha, when I work with like mainlanders in commercial endeavors, I get hired sometimes as a fixer or an associate producer on television shows and things that come here. And the experience, and I know you guys have all had this, you will have these mainland people who come here who feel, I'm paying $2,500 a night over at the Four Seasons. Everybody owes me something. No, they don't. You owe them. Because, and then don't let me get into it. We'll be, this has to be another show I might get into in some of the experiences I've had, but I've basically broken it down like this. You can have any permit that you want while you're here, but the local people will shut you down so fast if you are not right-minded and you do not conduct yourself the way you are expected to exhibit aloha here. So that's what I really take from that. I, again, and I'm just like so pleased to be to hear you guys talk about these things. I love it. Thank you so much. Mahalo, Brian. I love it. Yeah, and I, I like hearing the external perspective too and like what you have learned, like engaging with our community because that's, it's always good to, to, to see how other people view it and what you take and adopt and adapt into your own learning too. It's one of the things I love about experiencing other cultures and seeing what they hold to be important to them and seeing similarities and what makes us unique as well. So I think... Uh, this is a, a kind of a big question, but I'm hoping we can do it in 10 minutes. But so broadening Pono, when it comes to, again, the titles, the leadership position, and I say leadership because not, I will say managership because leadership and managership is not the same thing. But how can leaders in government, business, right? Like we have a lot of leaders in Hawaii right now who is not Pono, right? Like it is not Pono. How could, what are the things that are missing in, uh, let's use the fires, for example, right? Lahaina. What is not Pono about Lahaina? What should they be doing better? And I know that's, ooh, Moana, we just opened up a whole new episode right now, but let's try to see if we can <laughs> keep this in 10 minutes. Who wants to start? Ready and go. <laughs> I got to put the challenge in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rachel, this is i think this is a funny one i'm not gonna lie i think it's funny the, the fact that you didn't ask that question is funny i could have all the opinions in the world for what didn't happen what could be happening and what should be happening but that's not my focus my focus is everything that's in front of me right now is my capabilities and my capacity to do what i can do to be the best person i can be for whoever it is that is in front of me for my children for my grandchildren for my kupuna who had passed away that is my answer to that it is not my business. And yeah, I honestly, whew, okay, we're going to sum it up in a couple of minutes. Okay, for real though. Honestly, we cannot control what people do out there. Again, polo is perspective, especially if you're sitting in positions of power. I, I, I hear people say, Kano, you have to play with the politics. Okay, I get it. Yeah, okay. I don't have to. I can be very much aware of it and I can make the choices as to how I want to work with it. But I do not have to do anything. What I have to do is ensure that whatever I'm doing, I am accountable for. It doesn't matter what it is. Again, Pono is perspective. And I do feel sorry for all. Honestly, I feel sorry for a lot of folks in politics because it's not an easy place to be in. And on top of that, a lot of the folks who think they're manipulating other folks is actually being manipulated by bigger folks. And they don't even know it. And you're like, <sighs> And that's that deep breath right there. That's Pono. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, honestly, when we're sitting in these positions of change, even me, 
sitting here, whether it be through an executive director, the nonprofit organization, or a CEO to the multiple businesses that I own, I could think that I'm doing right. Somebody out there is going to think I am not. And that is okay. Because again, I got to sleep with myself. I also going to have to suffer my consequences. And I acknowledge that and I'm very aware of that. So that makes me aware of how I want to move in and how I stand for my own beliefs and values. And so I think one of the biggest things in regards to what had happened, we cannot change what had happened, but we can change how we're going to move forward. I cannot change other people. I can have conversations. If they ask me a question, I will give it to them. One thing I don't like, and I don't put, I try not to put this on others, is, is you should. As soon as I hear you should, I'm done. Conversation's done. And I hear this a lot because it's a very hierarchical way of speaking. And it's a very controlling way of speaking without you taking the time to listen, to ho'opono the whole space, right? To better understand it in order for you to tell me what I should do. Instead, it's really of what is it that I can offer and bring to the table? What is it that I have that can help enhance this space? And if I don't have anything, it's fine. And if I didn't take the time to listen to see if there is a need, then I like how Pua said earlier, yeah, I can walk away. It's okay too. Sometimes walking away is pono. Very much. So I want to leave with that. I know that's it may seem like a cop out for whoever, but if you know me, if you deeply know me, did you understand that's not my none of my business? All I could do is me. And all I could do is whatever I do here, that's what I'm responsible for. And I will do it the best honest, radical honesty, radical aloha, and with integrity and creating secure and safe spaces for myself and those who are around me. And that's the best I can do. And if I cannot, I will humbly with all of my ha'a ha'a say, okay, mahalo, I, I, I will not be able to, or I cannot. And that's to me is politics is a hard place to be in. And that's, I'll leave that at that. Mahalo. I'm not surprised by your answer. And I'm glad that you said it though, because I think a lot of people need to think about that too. It's easy to get caught up in the emotions of certain things. And sometimes you got to pull back and be like, okay, what is my kuleana in this space? What is it that I can do to move it in a positive direction versus getting caught up in the whirlwind of negativity that we find in a lot of spaces anybody else want to add so i'll i'll try to talk fast too i'm also going to go on the lines of i think our aina has already whispered to us what is the best path for lahaina it's if we're gonna listen not from lahaina so i'm not going to speak for the people of lahaina at all but i'm going to speak for hawaii in general i think our aina has been whispering to us for the past 20 years, what we need to do. And I think many of us are boots on the ground trying to do, maybe looks a little different in every community, but we will do much better by coming together than being crabs in the bucket, pulling each other down. We will do much better than that. Our kubuna tried, I know, Kamehameha, he was a little bit Bull in a china shop. He wasn't. He tried though, but like that, right? The duality because we lost a lot of people in those battles of unification. But had he not unified us, and the colonizers came in, they would have took us by storm way faster, right? So the duality of that, and we can say that now because we're out of it, right? We weren't living in it, so it's a little bit different. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak to that to just what is happening in Lahaina. What it was happening in Lahaina was 200 years of mismanagement. And it goes across the Pai'aina, right? It goes across the Pai'aina. And I get to play in politics. It's not always fun. And it is for so some of these people who take on these leadership roles. One of my uncles told me, when you're the leader, sometimes it's lonely because you don't know who around you is going to really be there to support what you say, right? I do hope that our young kanaka that really do care for our aina, or even I don't consider myself that young anymore. I consider myself on the other side a little bit, not totally, but as young as I was, for sure. Is that song? Not as good as I once was, no. But getting into positions 
to make the right choices and be ready to catch cracks because you can catch cracks. Being in those positions, is those cracks worth it to move us forward? But it's not going to be an easy road. We didn't get here by people making good choices. We got here by a lengthy thing of not good choices. But at the core of it, I do, politics is not for everybody, right? It's not, I, I don't even know if it's for me. I just somehow ended up in that realm. And it's not always the, it's not always the most comfortable of conversations to have because sometimes the human entity that needs to really be thought of is removed in order for decisions to be made. And that's probably the hardest part because at the end of the day, every single one of those numbers has a person attached to it, right? And that that is hard. That is, you got to, yeah. So anyways, I can speak for Lahaina, but I'm going to speak for Hawaii in general. Not, not, not speak for, but just speak to Hawaii in general. We do need to, us as a people, like Kanoilani said, we need to take care of ours and make sure ours is good. We got to, I, yeah, I, again, I speak for everybody else, but the working together actually got to happen. And we cannot just talk that talk. We got to walk that walk. And we got to acknowledge each other's differences in the way we learn, in the way we teach, in our bodies of Ike. And how can we find that common ground to, to move us forward? Because if our canoe goes spin in circles, we're not moving forward. And so we got to find a way to make those tough decisions. But really, again, I'll go back to our Aina has been whispering it to us time and time again for the last 20 years on what it needs. And maybe we just got to listen. So I'll go to. Yeah, Hope, I totally agree with you. I moved to Maui after having lived in New York for well over 25 years. And I lived less than 30 blocks away when 9-11, when those buildings went down. And I watched all of that play out. And the transformation that happened over the next four months after that tragedy, you really saw a lot of what they say about New York is very true. Everybody is hustle and bustle. They have like their own agendas and all this kind of thing. And that happened. And you saw an instant change in people's way that they dealt with complete strangers. I evacuated from my place, living up country that night. I called several of my friends who were dead asleep and they've told me afterward, man, if you didn't call me, I didn't, the house would have gone up or it, it was very close to like that. But quickly, just to recap from what I've heard, it's okay to have people disagree with you. The difficult thing is to learn how to be in an uncomfortable situation and to hear somebody out when you know that what they're saying is misguided or it's based on misinformation and you know it to be different. But just to have the strength to hear them out, let them say what they're going to say, and then give them a counterpoint. Moku moku, we spark a lot of controversy. And as right-headed as the show is, we literally just want to show and address a lot of social problems that local people have. Now, once we released it, I sat down with all of the head, our head team. And I was just like, listen, guys, we are all going to be challenged about this great show that we did because we're just getting the conversation started and, and, and everybody's going to, someone's going to come up to you in line at Costco. Why didn't you guys do an episode about this? Why didn't you do an episode about that? Don't get defensive. That's interesting. Tell me more about that. What would you like us to, to talk about? Okay. Okay. Cool. We only have six episodes made. That's a really great thing. Thanks for sharing that with me. This is why we did what we did. And you have to figure out a way that you can actually steer that conversation. I think that's great. You guys talk about being political. I'm an African American man. Have you? Can you tell? Every time a white person, white man on the mainland or here sees me, I am a constant reminder to them how they came into wealth? What made the nation? What built that? The inequities that lie there. So I've grown up just 
I'm political once I walk into a room. But again, we all have to learn how to deal with that. And yeah, you guys say that politics right now is very difficult and it's always really difficult. But the, the thing is this, the thing is this, and I think you guys are already there and everybody within this conversation already does this. When you see injustice, when you hear something that's said that's wrong, you don't call that person out. You're telling them to call them up. Hey, man, what you're saying is wrong. Let me enlighten you. Let me really tell you why locals have a problem with the way you're conducting yourself right now. The resort that you're staying on, some of the people who work there, were their ancestors were forced off that land. Do you understand that? And here you come with this attitude? No, you shouldn't be that way, man. Oh, really? I had no idea. So yeah, these are, there's going right back to martial arts. There is a way in which you can redirect that energy to turn it into a positive experience. But then again, I think, how can we speak on that with power? Become your own best example. I'll give you guys a quick antidote. Something I did while I was home in the mainland. My mom lives in Madison, Wisconsin. Frigid temperatures. I go there during the Christmas holidays when it's the coldest, 35 degrees below zero. Ridiculous. There I am. I have this great opportunity to go and meet with this advertising agency. I've got this great friend, Mike, who owns this incredible ad agency. He wants to hear my ideas of how we might be able to work together. His place is right around the corner. This is like in downtown Madison. I know it really well. I grew up part of my life there. It's this great little restaurant that's there, but they sued these huge portions of breakfast. I go there. I order breakfast. I eat half of it. And I call this the eat half challenge. I eat half of my meal. I package the rest of that up. I put it in a bag. I grab another cup of coffee. I go out on the street where I know there's a homeless community there. I find a guy and I give it to him. I can start there. I can, I can share that story. And within that story, I can share a belief that we need to take care of each other. The Lahaina fires were terrible, but I'm not happy it happened here. But we proved to the world that everybody can live with Aloha. We can take care of each other. Hey, it wasn't FEMA and it wasn't, I'll get on a roll here. It wasn't all the big boys who flew all the way out here to take care of the people that we were finding in the water and on the streets. It was us. It was us who did all of that. And I'm so proud of uh, team and Nicole, who's doing all that great work over at uh, Maui Rapid Response. She really led us. Patty Silva did a great job. He's one of our actors and our actresses on there. We had five people, our cast and crew, who were affected by that. And it was a hard moment. And the recovery effort is going to be tough. But we're still living through it. And we're still all sticking together. So very happy about that. Mahalo, Brad. Thank you all so much for sharing that mana'o and helping others to see different ways of approaching situations, dealing with them in positive directions because uncomfortable situa uh, conversations, they're just not easy and not everybody can navigate those. And I, But I feel like it's a very important life skill because life is uncomfortable. But still coming out of it with aloha, being pono and being respectful of the two people or three, multiple, whoever, who come into a situation and hopefully everyone can grow from it. So mahalo noi again for being a part of our show. Sorry we're a little bit over tonight. Uh, I like to stay on time, but I just <laughs> had to ask that question. So again, today is the last day of Mahina Olelo and the last day of Black History Month. And so it's wonderful to have both of our communities represented here tonight. Thank you all so much for continuing to be a part of the Moana Nui Ohana. I hope you guys have a wonderful evening. Thank you to all of our viewers for tuning in. And we will see you guys next time. Aloha, everybody.
So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If they won't tell it, we will If this the land of the free, it was a freedom then When they annexed Hawaii and called it see the lands Without any type of payment and no signing off Called themselves the Republic in 1894 1.2 million acres overtaken from the native Hawaiians When they resisted, the West retaliated in violence and erasure The Hawaiian language is banned As part of colonialism's plan to expand, yeah Stuck between a rock and a hard place Multiple bombings of Koholave As a part of their ongoing war with Asia Used it as a place for target practice No consent or compensation Colonizers call for annexation No work out for all the locals School will never let you know So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it, we will Too many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it, we will We will So if we put Hawaii in a perspective Black and Asian history is interconnected Considering the fight with the Pacific and the Horse versus Asia, they was treated as a middleman for war But didn't let the western colorism run its course Cause dark skin was a sign of dignity to core The land was taken in the name of capitalism When prior to it was an actual kingdom Clap back at the system Stuck between a rock and a hard place Multiple bombings of Koholave As a part of their ongoing war with Asia Used it as a place for target practice No consent or compensation Colonizers call for annexation Network out for all the locals, school will never let you know So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it, we will Too many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it, we will So many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf if we won't tell it, we will Too many stories left to tell Even if we have to ourselves Can't keep history on the shelf If we won't tell it, we will, we will